listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Undateable After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Undateable After Show. Hello, AfterBuzzers. You are watching Undateable Episodes 3 and 4 After Show at AfterBuzz TV. And I'm your host, Kylie Hodges, and I am so excited to say that we have two very special guests with us today. Right across from me, I have Craig Doyle. Hey there, guys. And next to him, we have Courtney Lilly. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey there. <laughs> Thanks, for having, yeah. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Now, oh, just goodness. so you know, you're wearing these headsets because people can hear you and see you. Some oh, people are listening and some people are listening and watching. So. Oh, wow. That sounds like the future. Don't, don't pick your nose. Hi, robots. Sorry. And I have my lovely co-host across from me. Hi, guys. I'm Courtney Tezano. We're ready to talk about Undateable. Hi, guys. I'm Sam Davidson. Super excited to be here. What a fantastic um, set of episodes to watch with the writers of them. Yeah. That was yeah. I am I felt a little nervous watching it with you guys. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's awkward to cuz you're like, "Huh, that wasn't that funny and they're right here." Yeah. So I have to laugh. I, no, or you said that, that was, was really funny. I felt pressure to understand at like really <laughs> like cuz I don't want to be like, "I don't get it." And then you're like, "Oh, we got these idiot <laughs> hosts here who no. don't even know our jokes." I would never understood anything I've ever worked on. <laughs> uh, we honestly there's things that I saw I was like, "Oh, oh, that's how we Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that." Like so you guys uh, you probably know more about it than we do at this point. Uh, I enjoyed the a... commentary because it's like, wow, like oh. I'm laughing and you guys wrote it perfectly. Like it just oh, cool. spot on. Well, thank you. It's it's a team effort. I think Absolutely. Courtney and I will say it's like a whole group of us that uh, work together. And uh, so it's not just one of us that's spouting all the great things. It, it's, a, it's a culmination of a bunch of crazy people getting together. And it's really fun, two, so. two of us saying a lot of the funny things. <laughs> yeah. The rest of us waiting for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then playing basketball at Warner Brothers. Yeah. Whoa. So, Fantastic. That was kind of my job nice. in a lot of ways. That playing was part of our job. It was, well, yeah, exactly. It's so kind of the best gig you could ever it was, ask for. It was pretty solid. Yeah. It was pretty solid. So, Courtney, you wrote... Episode three, three's a crowd. And Craig, you wrote episode four, the switch. Uh, actually, other way around. Oh, no. I wrote three's a crowd. That's yes. okay. Switched. We have a very <laughs> similar <laughs> style. It's it okay. All the time. We it's did it on purpose. Yes. It's yes. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, that was all. That was all. We get mistaken in real life all the time too. too. <laughs> we do all the time. Oh, oh, uh, uh, yes. Yes. So. I guess, can you explain a little bit about what your specific role was with the show? You're producers and writers, but you each had your own episode. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of give us some insight on how all that works? TV, like all those names you see at the beginning, generally speaking, whether it's like executive producers, co-executive producers, supervising producers, all that, 90% of those people are writers. Um, it's the way TV works. And mm -hmm. so uh, we, you know, uh, as you know, we were kind of, it was our turn to write yeah. episodes. Right. And we had come through the whole season and broken out kind of what we wanted to do, at least for the first six of them. And uh, we knew Bill specifically, Bill Lawrence, who created the show mm -hmm. with Adam Stekiel, wanted to kind of end or at least address the will they won't they thing early. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we did it in the third episode. And we thought, you know, and like at least, and like 
in our head, because we've seen so many shows that have done, like, you know, whether it's Cheers and Sam and Diane or Friends and all that kind of stuff, the more interesting things, the more places the story can go yeah. is once the couple's together. So right. we kind of mm-hmm. wanted to do that. Right. And so, you know, Craig You guys got... threw me off on that, but it was like a good throw-off. I well, that, that's it. great. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, and it's it, what's kind of funny is that... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, to kind of piggyback off what Courtney said, is it, it's a group effort. Like that, you know, one person gets their name on the script because it's a uh, you know the writers' guild only gives credit for one person, but we all kind of take turns and we all work oh. together. Mm-hmm. We each do a writer's draft when we kind of we break it as a group uh, with Adam and Bill kind of running the the show and uh, senior folks like Courtney up here, and uh, we just we do um, we kind of get them all together and break them out, and then we all go off and do a draft, and then we come back and we all kind of. Uh, tackle it and it goes through super tons of iterations and things like that so it's 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 one of those things so when we specifically to to the part about the uh, will they or won't they with uh with nikki's character in this and getting together with justin i mean the, the traditional trope is that the you know it's going to be Ross and Rachel, and you're going to go for five years. <laughs> it was kind of a confluence of things. It was it was a little bit of an instinct to try to break that mold. And then the other thing was is Brie Healan, who plays Nikki, was on another show of Bill's Ground Floor that airs on TBS, and she's a yes, a great show, very funny show, an amazing cast. And she was a last minute fill in during the pilot for oh. yes, there was an actress that was there that they that that, that changed around. They were like in a shoot, like within a within a relatively short time. Briga filled in as a favorite of Bill. She had worked with him on Cougar Town, uh, filled in, and it went great. And then they ordered the show. It was kind of one of those like, uh. So we didn't have her. She was committed to two places. So we were in a place where we were very. Uh, TBS was incredibly generous to give us her time, and she was amazing with you know wanting to work with us. So. It was a little bit of schedule, so it was kind of like the stars were aligned in a certain way, and it worked out that way. And I think Whoa. it actually worked out in a really cool way because it kind of through the uh, through the uh, like you guys your reaction when we watched it together was the uh, to watch you guys kind of go oh my god yeah. and not, and be surprised by that because we're we're trained as TV watchers. And so. that's a testament yeah. to like Brent and Briga. Yes, in three episodes that you can get people invested in. Yes, to right. You don't happens. know these guys. That's we all like right. screamed. We were like, like whoa. Yeah, I know, right. that was that's, unexpected, but cool. Yeah, yeah. they did great right. with that. I thought it was going to take the entire season, but yeah. it took three episodes. There will be more developments. Let's put it that way. And hopefully awesome. there's some different so that, things. That's so. the thing I want to see is some more. Yeah. Yes. It's funny because the show is called Undateable. Yeah. And yet uh, we've already seen one relationship develop and maybe another yes. something sparking. Yeah. Yes. So can With we Sabrina. confirm that? Some irony. Well, yeah. you know, I think one of the things too is that like – as much as these guys are undateable, everybody, and like dealing with real life, everybody is dateable in their own ways, to a right. degree. Obviously, they're insane people. But like, <laughs> you know, but like, still, it's like, you know, like you want to tune in to see people that you want to root for. And so, yeah. like, uh, you know, and, and I think, honestly, the, the fun thing about, uh, you know, with uh, Chris's character and Eva in the, in the second episode is that, like, Danny's kind of brought in there to be the white knight to come in there and show yeah. them all how to like here's how you deal with women and right. showing that he's undateable too in his own yeah. kind of way right. his own insecurity and it's fun to be able to kind of do that and I thought Chris was great at it too yeah absolutely I mean, one of the the you know the fun things about Chris as a comic actor is that he is able to show that vulnerability he's able to show his like that sensitivity and right. be big and confident and funny right. all in the same package and Brent and Chris are both great at they're uh, they're both it's it's a great it was a great uh, luxury for us to have those guys. All, all, all the pretty much everyone in the cast is a stand-up, and some of you guys know them personally and, and are fans of them. Ron Funches, the hilarious stand-up. Ron's hilarious. Uh, Rick Glassman, the most like out there, 
Andy Kaufman-esque uh, yes. stand-up <laughs> yes. who's just brilliant. And it's like watching, you know, you're, he's amazing to watch. You're like, what is coming out of his mouth? And I'm so captivated. Um, you know, Brent, that's just this like every man kind of a guy and has this kind of vulnerability. But like you don't feel like he's a uh, – uh, like a wet blanket or you don't feel like he's like a nerdy type guy. You like root for him. He's confident in that. And then you have Chris who's just a force of nature. So uh, for us, it was kind of like finding stories and things that you could kind of put those – you know, it's like giving them a court and putting the kickballs on and letting them in a controlled manner do these goofy, goofy things together. And then when you had Bianca – uh, Kyla, who's been on you know 100 episodes of Rules of Engagement, right. and been around forever, and as a, as a pros pro, as this big anchor, and then David Finn, who plays um, uh, plays Brent, uh, yeah, Brett, and he's um, uh, you said Brett, but like was like Brent yeah, for a second, Brent and Brett, it's still for He plays Brett. He's a brilliant English actor that's very well trained and stuff like that. So we had these really kind of cool anchors to be able to like lean into the um, lean into a dramatic moment. So. You know, like comedy is like music. You you play rhythms, it gets fast, and you slow things down for an emotional beat. You kind of come back. So those guys were awesome at kind of getting those heart moments. So you earn bigger laughs on other sides, and that was uh, something really like to have a luxury of those guys and uh, the the cast. So it was you know for us, I think it was yeah. kind of cool having that. I bet they situation. all knew each other. I mean, like yeah, the, they the all knew each other personally. All yeah. known each other for years. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so like you could actually. That, so you didn't have to like throw a bunch of people together and be like, "Hey, you guys be friends." Yes, you know, and, they like, already had the chemistry. Absolutely, yes. they're already friends, and so. that's so obvious by watching the show. It's crazy, right? So, Our, that was when we were watching the show. A lot of the stuff that we, you probably are us kind of going, "Oh, oh," are we? You know, we weren't having a negative reaction. It was like we remember from when we did the tape night that Chris and Brent riffed for 20 minutes in front of the crowd <laughs> and we're like, oh my God, and it was outrageous and the house is coming down and we're like, oh, they cut it there. Like, So it's yeah. kind of like you have like you this thing more. in your mind and you're waiting for that kind of a thing. So, And it's that because they all know each other and they're yeah. such such goofballs together. I was going to ask, what was your most memorable moment on set? Like what scene was just one, the one that really stood out to you guys in the first episode? It's the f- in the first episode. So three's a crowd. Okay, and, that's oh, the one. Crowd. You know, it's so funny because every time anybody talks about anything that happened, like, what was the most memorable thing on set? I was just like, well, there's the time we, you know, we like, like when they, they brought the snacks. You know, it's always, you know, it's never, it's no, never you get anything it. The minds of writers are, are weird, <laughs> odd <laughs> places. Yes. Uh, You're hungry. Yeah, yes. it's usually prioritized around <laughs> yes. food. Right. Um, right. We've had other, oh, did we have any famous people show up on the set or anything like that? I mean, well, like. Bill, Bill Lawrence is one of the creators of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is obviously a titan in the industry and has friends, and, and he's been Cougar Town. So there would be people popping by, or like, oh, there's Snow Patrol. Yeah, like, exactly. What? That was <laughs> Why, you know, Ed Sheeran's here. What's going on? And so it wasn't like, oh, there's an actor from this. It was kind no, of like random, like, like oh my god, musicians or these are kind of people. So we did have that kind of thing like yeah, that. Those so those were the things that stood out. It's like, yeah, even especially, I mean, like, we had so many fun bits, things that could yes. go on, but they all kind of bleed together in my head in a way. Like, right. I'm almost. Have to think. It's just like, hey, wait. In that episode, we just watched what happened exactly. Right. And it's just like. Well, I remember. I I remember. I think mine was uh, that I remember at least being a huge moment on this on the set when you're in Justin's office with Danny, and there were well two things. There was uh, when they're throwing the advice back and forth at each other. That bit went to absurdity, La La Land. <laughs> we we had had um, you know you do the 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 way we kind of do a show, especially with a multi camera show like this, is that you you know you table read, then the next day you start the actors start rehearsing it, and you're doing rewrites and rewrites and rewrites all up to the night that you actually tape it. So there's uh, you know you do for the network and for the studio and for producers and everyone, you're constantly doing things, so you're tweaking it as you go along. 
And those guys, uh, to that point, had been – we'd had – you know, sometimes things go rockier and some things go well. And I just remember in – I remember the the, uh, the network run-through of those guys doing the bit and then it coming out of the chimney and whatever. Mm-hmm. And us kind of all looking at each other saying, what is going on? And, and people were going crazy. And then there, the bit when they're in the office, Chris dances and he does his thing. That went on for like – a half hour and 45 minutes like 45 and it was like it was like the Oprah audiences in the SNL thing like no. people are ripping things because they had like their stand up fans from like the Laugh Factory it was like one of those were like what's going on we can't use any of this this is going to be the show's only 20 some minutes so so that I remember that just like and, and that was at the near the obviously at the beginning of the show and um, it was kind of a thing where you realized you kind of go wow we have as writers we have Weapons here. These guys can yeah. do things between the lines. I, you know, I think we've both been a part of things where you're maybe with performers or certain things where it's really you're really they have to be really close to the script mm-hmm. for it to work. And then you also have these things where you kind of go, all right, it's like being a coach. You're like, just give LeBron the ball. You know, you kind of <laughs> move the thing as to that. Or, or certain guys, you need to really coach a system. This was kind of like for me, it was a, a revelation of like, wow, we've got some maniacs here that could really have a lot of fun. So, do they yeah. ever do things that you guys like? that are on the show that you guys did not write that were improvised that got the cut. Yeah. I yeah, was going to sure. say that yeah, we're lots, dealing with yeah. some major improvs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially Ron. You know, Ron. Oh, yeah. Ron. I mean, they, you know, the thing that was great about them and it was really fun uh, was they would always do the stuff that we had written. We knew that they would bring their own kind of things to that. Sometimes our things work. Sometimes their things work better. And we did certain things like that. But we'd always let them do some takes. And when it came to like Chris and Brent, they had worked so hard on certain mm-hmm. bits if they kind of, you know, we weren't, uh, you know, we weren't, and Adam wasn't really crazy about, like, they weren't lockstep with the actual words as long as they got the vibe. And I think that creates an energy mm-hmm. between them that you watch and you go, oh, that's much yeah. more interesting than a kind of stock, you know, Yeah, yeah and it, play. it keeps the material fresh and it yeah, makes sure. our jobs as writers a lot easier because then we can focus on the things we need to be doing. Like, yes. Like craft services. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that. supervising the, yes. the catering, right. making yes. sure it's all getting eaten. Uh, seeing, by you. seeing how many red vines I could stick into my mouth yeah. at once. Oh. I just don't like being wasteful. No, 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 no way. Never. <laughs> there's a lot of waste on a on a set. Cordelia, Lily, if there's anything, this guy has a reputation for not letting things go to waste. This guy, this guy is a killer. Yeah. So one thing that I loved about both of these episodes was now that we've gotten the pilot out of the way, we yes. we feel like we know the characters and we're mm-hmm. familiar with the story. Rick and Ron, I love them. <laughs> they're they're much more. They've been much more prominent in these past two episodes yes. tonight than they were last week. Right. Um, Rick's character surprised me yeah. because the vibe I got from uh, Bursky yeah. was uh, he was kind of like the good boy that really didn't know how to talk to women. And yeah. I'm sure it's from the second episode where he was mute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That probably is why I felt yeah. like. Mermaiding. But yeah, I loved, mermaid, right? I mean, they had some great one-liners. Um, well, they actually, they were just involved in the story so much more. Yeah. And um, the bit where Ron was making up gay names. Well, that's <laughs> I loved that. That is, uh, that is all... Craig Doyle. <laughs> so, uh, so that was written. Was, that was not improv. No, no, no. It's a combination uh, it's a of two. Okay. Like, honestly, the, 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 like you talk about a story. Like, the, like Craig is is a, a, like a savant. <laughs> he's like he is just he's, he's just one of those people that can pull things comically from anywhere. And we were in the room and we talked about this bit and we kind of like the story because 
we knew that like dealing with like you know David's characters recently coming out and how this would affect a group of friends would it change the way they communicate with each other and all that kind of stuff and especially from like you know kind of like a midwestern kind of guy perspective right. on things and showing that they are, are affectionate for their friends but still being able to fuck around with their buddy and so we liked the show and as soon as we hit on the bit of like we're going to have you know we're going to go with these names uh, Craig literally came in <laughs> with a moleskin notebook yeah, right. <laughs> I still filled. have it. <laughs> and it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was like pulling connections, and the ones that didn't work were almost as good. As the there were some of them that you had to go so far. There were such reaches. That would be the best. I, wish I really wish we that had that. You. I know. It was, it was, they were horrible. I mean, yeah, some of them were horrible, but it was the, it's the, also just the, we're, it's a bunker mentality. Yeah. You get in there, and it, we, be, we do, you know, uh, you know, Courtney's worked on tons more shows than I have, but uh, you know, I've worked on my share of them. And sometimes, you know, you, you hear this kind of Hollywood bullshit about like, oh, we became a family. It's like our group was incredibly tight and very fun. There's other shows that are not, and that's not a sometimes a good thing, some bad bad thing. We all got along really, really well together and had a lot of fun. You know, for someone that you know, groups that meets kind of. Uh, you know, c- kind of clinically in this like weird artificial environment oh, of putting yeah. together a show, mm-hmm. we all clicked and became really close, and we all remain really close. So a lot of times, some of those bits were just like, I knew that it would tickle Jackie Clark, who's one of our writers, or I knew that <laughs> Courtney. When I looked over and I saw Courtney like frozen, having the frozen face, I was like, that is the most delightful <laughs> thing. Oh, by the way, it might work for the show. Well, so, uh, <laughs> so everything about it, and it's like and again, it was one of those big bonding moments in the yeah. room because. I think we've been working together for maybe a couple months, but you yeah. know, you're still everybody's still trying to feel each other out. And Craig came in and he was so serious about it. <laughs> it wasn't just like, "Hey guys, here I've got all these." He's just like, uh, "Yeah, I've done some work," uh, <laughs> and he just starts clinically <laughs> naming. Just and it went on and on and on. It was just like things from who knows what, right. like weird, like Scandinavian movie references yeah, right. twisted in like... a way that you had to see if you knew this one '80s punk band, you could kind of get the reference. And it was so brilliant and perfect, and I adored every minute of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. all the effort he put into it, and it was it was, it was it was a fun thing. That was the best. That's fantastic. But then when Those we brought things. we brought yeah. it to that, like I think. Gay Gay Rowling, uh, Fairy Potter, Gay Gay Rowling was mine. <laughs> and he said it so calmly here too. Uh, that one was mine. But then there was another. There, uh, uh, Austin Powerbottom was mine. It's on the list. But Ron had Alfred Hitchcock. You don't have to do that. The down. funniest one yeah. was Ron. And Ron, Ron did like a bunch, oh. a bunch more off of that. Like so, he kind of took a, a few of that 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 I had from the list, or that we had from the list that we all kind of we jumped in on, and then just like it happens. Every time with the show, it's you give it something like that with a guy like Ron, a performer yeah. like Ron. It's like, oh, you want to here spin, take this gold and turn it to platinum. It's like it just, it's just like you know it's only going to get better, and that's Genius. exactly what he did. So he's Genius. just brilliant. How many writers would you say are in the writers' room at a time when you guys are all like throwing it around? We had a relatively small staff. Yeah. I think we had started off with ten. We lost one, unfortunately, Shepard Boucher, oh. who was awesome. He went to – he created his own show. It was he's great. Show, we were very happy for him. I thought you meant he passed away. No, yeah, he died. Uh, no, no, he's no. dead he to us. He's dead to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. I was about to be yeah. like, I'm so sorry. I hope you know. <laughs> no. No, Pour a little on the curb for Shep Boucher. Yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah. Pour out some Diet oh, no. Coke for you. <laughs> no, no, he no, Shepherd, his own amazing show. You guys will have Shepard on your show when yeah. uh, his his uh, he has a show called Mystery Girls for ABC Family that'll be coming out, uh, and he's doing it's with uh, Tori Spelling and, and Jenny mm. Garth. Oh, yeah. oh yes, you probably heard about that. Not That's his show. Reunion, so he yeah. created that, and and so he was uh, so he, he left, left us. us to go do his show. So, but he was awesome at the beginning because he's Ouch. selfish. Yeah, but, <laughs> yes. 
Um, he, but he abandoned his family. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Cool. Right. So he missed out on a lot of this good yeah. stuff. I hope he didn't hit to hear now. Fairy Potter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe he was there for that gold. Uh, but uh, so we had. I think we started off with like ten. Yes. Including Bill. Yes. And Adam and uh, John Quaynes was another John one. John Quaynes, a brilliant producers. writer. Really um, funny guy. And then there, so there was like ten of us. And so Heather like, Flanders, another really Austin funny writer, Austin Fagan, and, and and Jackie Clark, which you mentioned. And then it's just us, right? Yeah, I think it was <laughs> no, us. Mike Hobart. Mike Hobart. Like we, I, we're not. We didn't forget Hobart. Titans of everything. Mike Hobart, who's a fantastic. So we had that. Then we, uh, when Ground Floor finished, a couple writers from Ground Floor. Uh, staff writers came over and helped us out, and then we got really le- we got really lucky also to have uh, Rory Albanese, who's uh, who was running the Daily Show, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. came out here. He wanted to kind of get out of the Daily Show grind in that world of, of of doing that kind of like you know that pace to getting descripted you know sitcom writing. So he had a deal with Warner Brothers, and we had him, and he was like it was he came at a perfect time. Our new group, came, the new group, came in at a perfect time to kind of like inject us as you're kind of like, you know, like in a marathon race, you kind of hit like mile 18. You're like, really? I got to do fucking eight more miles. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Plateau. You're like this. It was kind of like a guy came in and he was like, yeah, and he was all excited. And it was Lots like, oh, yeah, I forgot. This is fun. This <laughs> yeah. is a good job. So, yeah, that was, it was, a, so we ended up probably like 11 or 12 or something like that. Over the course of time. Over yeah. the course of time. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. So, and then Shepard yeah. died. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. dead to In your hearts. In our hearts. Yes. He's still alive, you guys. He's still alive. <laughs> yes. yeah. Just to clarify, yes. he's oh, alive and yeah. well as yes. far as we know. You can't kill Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are the two of you from? I'm from Philadelphia-ish. Okay. Yes. Suburban Ish. Philadelphia, and I moved around a lot. But I've lived in Los Angeles for 14 years now. Okay. So I'm kind I, of an Angelino in a way, but I'll let him. You're definitely. I'm from, I'm from here, but like okay. Huntington Beach down in Orange County. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is the significance of Detroit? Oh, oh, that's yeah. uh, Adam Stekiel, uh, right. the creator of the show. Uh, is from Detroit. He's okay. from Detroit. So, also, uh, Jeff Ingold, who's yeah. executive producer, is mm-hmm. from is from Michigan, and Randall Winston, who's yeah. a other executive amazing producer. Uh, executive producer uh, of our show, is from from Michigan. So it was like confluence of. It just Michigan made Heights. sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know, and uh, you know, Adam, is, it fit in really well with not only from Adam being there, but like yeah. what we were trying to do with the theme of the show. It's like a bit of an underdog city yeah. and it's kind of got a reputation. It's, it's probably not the first girl in the bar that's being checked out. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. well, you guys, uh, in, I believe, the last episode tonight, yeah, it was when Shelly, oh no, the first one, it was when yeah. Shelly was mad yeah. at Leslie for saying something mean about Detroit right. and um, he had like an intervention almost. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it was like Justin got in his face right. and he's like, uh, you know, it's 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 a ghost town, right, you know, right. get yeah. over it. And yeah. he was like startled. I thought that was funny because I'm a Midwesterner uh-huh. from Wisconsin and uh, we love to pick on Detroit. Yeah. And yeah. and I, and being in Detroit, people like, they're not in denial, they get it. They get it. it <laughs> it's a cool, it has really cool parts though. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's definitely an underdog, as you yes. said. Yes, that's I mean, like definitely what we were going for. I'm yeah. glad that we were able to get it early into one of the episodes. That whole bit, because like, yeah. you know, I mean, as much as we the, the show was shot out here in the Warner Brothers mm-hmm. lot in Los Angeles, you know, we do wanted to have we did wanted to give it a place of uh, you know a place of being, and, yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, a sense, and whether it's through character or custom yeah. or costume or whatever those kind of things are, like, and, and that story really helped us out, I think. So much also, like, so many shows now, I guess probably recognize it from being TV fans, is like, oh, it's New York or L.A. or it's Chicago, it's like oh, big yeah. city kind of stuff. And there are other places, and it's kind of yes. like, what, and I think that part of also the thing, uh, listening to Bill and, 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 and uh, Bill Lawrence talk about, you know, the approach with Undateable being like this multi-camera sitcom, there's a little bit of a throwback, like, to Cheers and friends hopefully that was the aspiration anyway to kind of go for those kind of things where they were set in kind of you know a a very relatable place you know 
Um, most of the, you know, a great kind of, you know, whether it's Roseanne or whatever, they had this kind of vibe to them. So I think that that kind of ties into the whole thing too. Is this this thing that this could happen anywhere, and it's an, it's relatable. So in a meta weird way, it kind of plays into the. Uh, I think uh, those guys their approach when they were kind of coming up and conceiving the show. So do you guys think the throwbacks are like Cheers and Friends? Because so many infamous shows have been set in bars. Yeah. Or, I mean, as friends, coffee shops. But at the beginning, Mm -hmm. it it was a bar that was turned into a coffee shop. But would you guys say that it... I think it's taking, like, old-time sitcoms. And when I say old-time, I mean, like, (laughs) not that old. Like, recently, we all had the internet. (laughs) But I think why this show is so awesome is that it's really taking, like, things from classic television shows. Yeah. That works. And that's what we're missing these days, so that's yeah. really good well, to bring I, that back. Listening to Bill and Adam when they talk about kind of, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of gleaning some of this stuff from what that I've heard you know, them talk about and things that you know, I've heard Bill say in certain uh, scenarios was kind of this thing where he said, like, you know, uh, sitcoms used to be based around stand-ups. And, 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 you know, whether it was Roseanne or, you mm-hmm. know, Home Improvement with Tim Allen or Cosby or what you can go back and you always find kind of it was, it was a singular point of view voice. And, you know, in the recent years, it's been shows like New Girl or single camera shows that have kind of followed, like, certain types of people. Or you had, like, Modern Family, which is, like, this big hyperbolic kind of a thing that um, when it came to uh, doing – going to simplifying it and putting – you know, we have three sets, essentially. We have our bar. We have the office over to the side and then Danny and Justin's yeah. house. And then we have a swing – we call a swing set, the side, which you'll see other other episodes where we did, you know, the bath, for, for instance, in oh, Courtney's man. episode. The um, those kind of things were, were that's a real basic kind of thing. If you look back at the Cosby Show, there was a living room, maybe the kitchen, maybe mm-hmm. you were in, you know, maybe you maybe were in one of the room. kids' room and bedroom, yeah. and that was it. It was a, it was done like a classic piece of you know one act theater or yeah. two act theater. It's like really simple. So uh, I, I know Bill was very conscientious about keeping it super simple that way, especially like we were talking about. These guys are such forces of nature, and they're so funny, and they have such a point of view. Is give them as much space. Without overplotting the show, mm-hmm. which we, you know, we had when we first started, we overplotted it, and we realized, you know, as a design flaw, we're like, oh, let's kind of simplify it. So, like for instance, in 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 uh, um, uh, Three's a Crowd, it's 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 the uh, it's the uh, Nikki story with with Justin and Danny, and then it's just the Detroit don't piss on Detroit kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a really, it's two stories mm-hmm. and everything else. It gives you a lot of room for them to play and it's talk. Two stories and, and a lot gets cut. Yeah. And a lot gets cut. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, so it is a long way around. The answer is, is yes, it's very much kind of like it's it, very conscientiously. Those were choices made at the highest design levels of, of trying to do that. So. I like the way you remembered the question. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, going back to that. I'm like, wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I'm on PCP. Um, <laughs> no, you guys well, you're are all doing great. Yeah, it's great. You are. I'm going to eat a wrench in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to start chewing on a piece of metal. You're going to eat your microphone. Yeah. 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 I uh, I can appreciate an old sitcommy feeling sitcom we don't have a lot of those anymore and i went to film school and my favorite part of film school was in the tv studio learning how to do like the multicam ah, that was my switcher. dream back in the day was yeah. to be yeah. directing like a multicam show back. you know it's it's great and also uh having an audience there brings 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though you're watching it at home, I still feel like I'm a part of that audience laughing. Well, and yeah. that's something yeah. you lose when you have things like the Mini Project and the mm-hmm. New Girl. Mm-hmm. Right. It's funny because there's like, again, you'll see it on Twitter and you'll see it all over the place. People who have an immediate like objection to the idea of like a studio laughter or sweetened laughter or canned laughter or laugh track or all that other kind of stuff. And they're also the same people who are just like, why can't there be more shows like Seinfeld and Cheers and Friends and all that kind of stuff? And it's just honestly, it's like whether it's to, whether the execution is to your taste. You know, if you're, if you, if it's, you know, there are plenty of multi-cam sitcoms that people like it doesn't stand out because they're invested in the characters and invested right. in the jokes and where everything's going and it's completely fine and then there are the ones that they're not into and it like and it doesn't work um, yeah. and it's you know I, I, like to me I like that's always been a straw man for me when people yeah. are just like I hate laugh tracks <laughs> yeah. just, just well it's an show. American tradition I mean yes. you know the, the America I mean the, the United States makes Amer- multi-camera sitcoms and we created it it's like you have Lucy you have all these old classics like that we've created it it's a form the same way like if you're a you know, a scholar of theater or anything that's like, oh, there's this kind of theater, there's absurd theater, whatever. It's a form. It's a form of comedy in a certain way. It's of different forms of music, you know, that's like, oh, that's jazz or this is blues or whatever. So it's a form of comedy. It's just different. So it's like there's things that come with it. Uh, I think, but I'll think also is like before the last big, big multi-camera before obviously like the Big Bang Theory and, and Two and a Half Men and things like that kind of came back around and Raymond... So you had Raymond, you had like Will and Grace, which were big. Our shows on Thursday night on the on the on the uh, or Tuesday night or Thursday night on NBC were real big, broad shows like Frasier. They were theatrically, and I think people just you have so much of anything for a while, you start to go, uh. Oh. So then you mm-hmm. start seeing things that were a little more ironic and cool, like The Office, and everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be on Flight of the Concords and like cool, <laughs> oh, super man. cool, which is awesome that. stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it's but it's a different style. And then yeah. when you go there, you realize it's not as easy to do that as you can. And mm-hmm. so it's like to go back to the classic multi-camera sitcom isn't a thing that's hacky or bad. It's like it's like going back to a pop song and going, yeah. oh well, there's great pop songs that are you know. I want to hold your hand. It's a great pop song. It's oh, a Beatles. You know, so you, you try to go to these things. So that so it's a, it's a wonderful format to kind of recapture and not turn your nose up at. And I think after a while, people kind of looked at it for those clammy ways of going. Ah, it's 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 this and it's canned or whatever. But uh, when it comes down to it, that's the thing. It's an American classic, yeah. and we we love it. So if you could do it well, um, I think people will find it and do you know, like yeah. they do with Big Bang. And well, stuff. that's the thing. It's, it do it well. It's just do like, it well. Right? That's, that's and why you guys do it so well is it's a stand up of it all. These guys yeah. are used to being in front yeah. of an audience and having them laugh, and having their laughter is what gets them, you know, continuing sure. to go and go and go, and they just keep on getting better and better, and they're used to feeding off of that. Where I feel as other shows with other actors, it's just like they tell them to laugh. And yeah. they laugh, and then they say their lines. But like we already spoke about, like they improv, and yeah. I really think that you can tell that they're feeding off of the laughter. And I myself am distracted by laugh tracks sometimes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. with this show, I I'm laughing with honestly, the I, I feel <laughs> like I'm at a show. <laughs> I'm okay. watching a comedy show or something, and it, it's so refreshing to not be like laugh, mm. and then you say your line. Like you can mm. tell that these people are truly working off of the laughter and each right. other. Yeah, they get. You could see their energy. Yeah. It, it, Again, the performers. So. Well, Bill was Bill. Also, I think made it was very conscious. He didn't want to like sweeten the laughs. You know, they go back in and mix it up, and it's like whoa, and you're like whoa, I, yeah. that wasn't that funny. <laughs> like, like I, I know for me, if I if I have a, sw- a sweetened show 
And I, I'm something where I'm like, wow, they this isn't that funny of a show because it's like, ha, 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 ha. It's like, you know, it's oh, like uh, so it's like the r- Russian roulette scene in The Deer Hunter. Everyone's laughing at the jokes going, ha, 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 ha there's a gun of it. <laughs> so they're like, everyone's laughing, like, like laughing too hard at it. And it's like, whoa. And you kind of like, it pops you out of it. It's like, Unnatural. that's not that funny. And then you start resenting the show. Like, you don't tell me when to laugh. <laughs> so I think in our show, I was listening, you know, the last couple of weeks kind of seeing what was delivered. It's It feels a little more subdued and stuff like that. Like, not subdued I would say that it's more um, it's more natural right which I think is a, is was 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 a con- conscious choice mm-hmm. sure I would love to talk about Brent's singing <laughs> that is my favorite I'm sure ask will you see Chris D'Elia ask him about it and watch yeah. uh, watch him curl up and die <laughs> he loves it Chris loves Brent singing. I Absolutely love Brent singing. Yeah, I want to make a request. <laughs> <It's great>. Please. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you have to throw some NSYNC in there, personally. Yes. Oh, well, there's, oh, well no, we have Back, oh. Backstreet was in there. Yeah, last yeah. Last week. But you yeah, have to use NSYNC. NSYNC. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't fucking crazy? I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm way more of an NSYNC fan than Backstreet Boys. Do we have so. NSYNC? I th- we might have please. an NSYNC. I don't know. There's there's a lot of Brent singing over this season. We should I just have be pleased. a music supervisor. But now he has a partner. I want to yeah. see what she's going to do. Well, Briga, uh, you're from U- – you went to USC, right? Yeah. Briga's a USC graduate. That's uh, right. I recognize her name. She was a BFA at USC. Yes. That's how I know yeah. – Yes. And she was like the Miss, you know, Miss Theater. And she's a – she's – uh, got an amazing voice, so it was kind of like, well, you know, you have these skill sets in there. Like, oh, well, let's put them together. That, that's perfect. So, I think going back to the old, like, you know, like you said, it's a multi-cam sitcom, but you know, the the things it was born out of was the theater and the yeah. stage, and that's and you know, mm-hmm. when theater before film became film, and right. you know, television was television, all that kind of stuff. Theater was with the way people were entertained a lot of times, right. and you had to be a jack of all trades in the theater. You have to right. sing, you have to dance, you have to be able to do all that kind of stuff. And I right. think Bill consciously was like making sure we push a lot of that forward. Sure. Absolutely, and it plus it's just fun, and there's energy, and it it really speaks well to Brent's character because there's the one thing, it's an odd couple engine for a show. It's like you got this Fonzieish guy and a Richie Cunningham type guy, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times the treachery of that, the uh, treacherousness of trying to put that thing together is the the guy Danny plays usually overshadows the nerdy guy, so you're waiting for the nerdy guy to stop talking so that so the Danny type guy would talk more because they're not on e- equal grounds. Here, because of Brent and how great of an actor he is and his personality, the thing that I think, uh, uh, Sam, we were kind of hinting at and starting a conversation with in the other room is he's a just as formidable as yeah. as Chris is. Yeah. And the two go head to head like a classic, like odd couple scenario because he's got this little like New England Bostonian hard ass tough guy. But he's going to wear his, you know, he's going to make banana bread. He's going to do these things. He doesn't buy it back. He leans forward yep. with it. And we get great jokes out of that. And he plays to that perfectly. And that keeps him, them on the same level. So mm-hmm. otherwise it gets like this and you end up, uh, you know, Chris would dominate him. And you're like, oh, you know, you're, you're, it's great. Because, you know, in, in Courtney's episode, you see Brent coming and, and kind of have the higher ground on, on, on Chris. Through a lot of the comedy, so he's the big bird now. And, uh, yeah. So the singing is is a great thing of him being able to do that, and it also in real life drives Chris crazy. Yeah. And Chris, <laughs> like a good crazy or bad crazy, like a bad crazy, okay. good crazy, like good crazy, good, to watch. goodish bad crazy. Like it makes him go, Ugh. Yeah. but at the same time he appreciates it. But he, I think it drives him a little nuts. They have a wonderful <laughs> real friendship rivalry. And, he's and just jealous. I, Chris, Chris. <laughs> You'll hear in, the, in, the, in the thing off this, off the, the thing when he goes, oh, he oh, he'll yeah. do things like that. Chris is this, is a quote unquote singer as well. <laughs> yes. No, he can't. Brent over. He just overshadows him. I'm yes. sorry. As far as yeah. the singing department. <laughs> 
yep. dominate. <laughs> well, this week's episodes I loved. I feel like I'm c- mm. super anxious to see what becomes of these relationships cool. that have started to develop this week. Cool. Um, I would love to go into predictions. Mm. Ooh, look at their faces. <laughs> predictions. <laughs> well, I don't think you guys want to give away too much, so I won't pester you, but what can we expect to see next week or even in the rest of the season? Uh, definitely more singing, I'm guessing. Definitely Fantastic. more singing. Yes, definitely more, uh, yeah. a lot more Ron Funches, who I think Wonderful. that will make everyone very happy. A lot more, yes. you guys referred to, uh, um, you know, Rick and Ron's characters coming up. You're going to see a lot more with Bianca. You're going to see more with uh, Rick and, and with Bursky, more with David. We're gonna have some uh, guest Brett. stars too. We have a lot of guest stars oh, from wow. like oh, some cool. of like the Bill Lawrence universe of yes. Scrubs and Cougar <gasps> Town yes. and all that kind of stuff. That's gonna be fun. That's gonna be. We have some some really nice some really fun things from that. We we meet some of the uh, maybe maybe a little bit of some extended family here and there, and some more dates and and things like that. But uh, yeah, for sure, there will be lots of. Uh, Lots of singing. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, for me, so happy. Yes, I just want more, more singing. And uh, what last week wasn't Brent in his underwear while singing? I want more yeah. of that. Oh, biker God. shorts. He's in biker oh, shorts. Yeah. Yes, yeah. cycling shorts. More shirtless guys kitchen. and more singing. That's yes. what I'm going to predict. More shirtless. Oh yeah. There, actually, there's a lot of there are many scenes. In the morning, yes. when we're getting ready, and yes. people are in bathrobes. Right. And Chris is wearing bathrobes. becoming a little bit. Yeah, we have bathtubs. <laughs> yeah, you'll see a lot more Chris. Chris's uh, un, uh, unprecedented uh, uh, contortionism on his yeah. body, as you saw him dancing. <laughs> yes. it's it's like a flag in the wind. It's like one of those, yeah. those floppy men outside of a car dealership that yes. go like this. You're like, how's he doing that? He has no spine. He's made out of cartilage. So. Fantastic. Is this show uh, moving to HBO or (laughs) what? (laughs) Just gets to be nude scenes every every week. I wouldn't complain. I'm excited. I know. Sam, what's your prediction for next week? Um, I'm actually nervous about uh, the relationship that has blossomed Mm -hmm. because it was so early. Mm, Too soon, maybe. It Mm -hmm. it makes me think that perhaps I want it to last, but perhaps it might not last because it happened so soon. So my prediction is not what I want it to be, but mm-hmm. I, I'm a little bit nervous for that relationship. So mm. I, I guess we'll see. Good. I don't know. Great. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Courtney, I hope you? you are wrong. Um, I really, I don't know if it's more so a prediction or just like I want to see him, I want to see Chris be more vulnerable. Like I want him to pretty much be on the same level of, of Brent. Like yeah. he needs to like, that confidence needs to come, not down a little bit, he just <laughs> needs to like let it loose a little bit more, maybe cry a little. I'd love to see some of that. <laughs> tears. Some Crystalia like, tears. Very yes. emotional. You will, uh, you know, not to give anything away. There's, yes, you there, will see some levels that There way. are certain films. Yeah, oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. That, more than Pretty Woman. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. Great. That touch his heart. That touch his heart <laughs> and we'll catch him. Did you guys, yeah. like, have to stab him to cry or how did oh, that no, work? No, Chris is Chris a ridiculously is, great actor. I yeah. mean, like, it, he's, a, he's a really, really awesome actor. Oh, he's one of my favorite just, comedians. Yeah. I've just never seen him be that way. Yeah. He's He's been doing it a long time. He's He's really fun. Well, we are running out of time, but before we go, I just want to talk about this amazing book. Written by the one and only Maria Menunos, who is the executive producer here at AfterBuzz TV. If you haven't gone out and bought it yet, get out there. Go to any bookstore, Amazon.com. Get this book. It is the Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. Ladies, let me tell you, if you want these abs, which I do, and I'm sure you do too, read Maria's book. It's fantastic. Um, guys, where can we find you all on the interwebs? 
Oh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, website. Say, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a Twitter, Courtney Lilly, at Courtney Lilly. I guess that's yeah. Lot. At the Craig Doyle, the because Craig Doyle. there's a Craig Doyle out there that I think is like a gay announcer in Ireland. <laughs> oh man! So I'm the Craig Doyle. Yeah. yeah. So at the Craig Doyle. So yeah. And we'll be <laughs> tweeting live uh, probably through the rest of the run of Undateable for the awesome. summer here. Fantastic. And, and things like that. So if uh, viewers or anyone out there has questions or want to feedback i think we'd all love to great to, to yeah. bring them in we like hearing from the fans great. yeah and sam where can we find you uh you can find me at samd43 on twitter all right guys you can find me on instagram and twitter at tez knows please tweet me all your thoughts the hashtag undateable so we want to hear everything <laughs> you have to say yeah. and just like craig i'm at the kylie hodges there's another Kylie out there I had there to put is. in the. Wow. Thanks so much for watching. If you're a fan of the show or a fan of AfterBuzz TV, please subscribe on iTunes. Rate us five stars. Watch us on YouTube. Give us that thumbs up. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback. And tune in next week. We are going to have some special guests. I don't mean to name names, but uh, Rick Glassman and Ron Funches. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be a good show. So thanks <laughs> so much, you guys. It was wonderful having you. It's a Thank phenomenal you. show, and we had some great insight tonight. So thanks for watching. Thanks for Thank me. you, guys. Bye. Thanks. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.